adjusted. How's everyone doing? Man, I, I tell you, it's hard to be away from you guys. It, it really is. And so for two weeks not to be here, I'm like, ah, trying to watch. What are they doing? How's it going? You know, so it is tough. But anyways, thank you so much for your prayers, your support, blessing us, seeing us through that. Um, you know, we definitely had some tough moments there, but God saw us through and we felt your prayers. So thank you. Thank you so much. Um, man, God is good. I, I, I can't wait. And, and, and you can see that we're, we made a decision to do one service, and, and we're definitely not a one-service church, but it's uh, it just we made a decision for the next couple of weeks to do one service. And so uh, just expect that. We're going to be meeting at 1030. And as people begin to slowly come back to church, and, and we'll eventually move back to our two services. But um, for the next few weeks, we're going to be uh, just have one service at 1030. So, uh, and then just, I know some of you, your service times have changed. You're like, hey, pastor, I, I, got, I like my, my routine. Uh, but just uh, enjoy uh, seeing some of the people that you don't get to see all the time. And uh, so just enjoy that. And I, I think that's a wonderful thing. Um, so with that being said, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to share the word with you this morning. And so this morning we kick off a brand new series and uh, I, I love new series. I, I, I love new series because it means that there's a new thing that God is doing. It means that there's something that God is reminding us. It means that there's something that God is developing in us, that God's trying to get our attention with something. And so we're, we're kicking off this new series. It's titled Oikeos, and it comes from this Greek word, and, I, and I'm going to get into more of that here in just a moment, but um, are you ready? You ready? All right, you know, stretch out, feel good, okay. We're going to get into the word. Why don't you air high five somebody around you or across the room? Just air high five somebody. All right. Let's take a moment to pray, and we'll jump right in, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning, for this day, for our church, for the opportunity to gather. Thank you, Lord, for health. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your provision. Thank you, God, um, that we can be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And so this morning, as we get into this new series, we ask God that you speak to us. God, you'd bring conviction, but you bring encouragement and direction. God, you develop something new in us. You would remind us of something. And God, you would do your good work in each of us. Bring your word alive. We thank you. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, um, to get started, I just want to have a little bit of fun as I get to introduce this new series for you. And so I, I want to take a poll. We're going to take a poll. Is, does this seem kind of loud? No? It, it does. Somebody said yes. It feels loud. Maybe just a, just a teeny bit right there. And so we're going to take a poll here to get started. Now, how we're going to do this poll is we're going to do this poll by text message, okay? And so I'm going to put a number on the screen and a specific word to text, okay? Once you text this word to this specific number, you're going to be activated into this poll. Now, don't worry. We're not going to keep your information forever and only last in this poll for 24 hours, and then it'll be done, okay? So you see it right there. So I want you to text Mosaic Life 288 to the number 22333. Now, I'm going to give us a moment to do this, and you're going to see this poll in a minute. We're just going to have some fun. It's only going to save your number in here for about 24 hours, and then you'll never hear from them ever again, okay? And so it's Mosaic Life. You're wondering, hey, how do I spell Mosaic? There it is, right there, M-O-S. 
AIC Life, L I F E 288. Okay, take a moment to do that really quick. Any phone, if you can text, it, it, it'll do that there for you. And we're going to take this quick poll and we're going to kind of hear from you and we're going to have fun. So once you've done it, it's going to activate you into this. And so um, you're getting close, getting close, almost there, almost there. You guys can do it. I know you can. Oh, we lost it. So coming back. Oh, we're bringing this other one here. Okay. So uh, just show of hands really quick. Are, are, did you, were you able to do it? No? Okay. Okay. We, still, okay. So Mosaic Life 288 is the word. Okay. No spaces. And you text it to the number 22333. Two twos, three threes. Two two, three three three. In the corner over there, you guys got it over there. Say so you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. Okay, we got it. We're ready to go. Okay. All right. Here it is. So I'm going to ask you now a question. Now, now that you're activated in this poll, you're either going to pick A, B, C, D, or E. Is the poll activated? Okay. So we're going to see your live answers pop up. We don't know who's texting, but we'll see the answers. And so here's the question. Which of these is the most important lesson we teach little kids growing up? A, do not cross the street without looking both ways. That's your answer. You'd put A. B, do not talk to strangers. C, clean your room. <laughs> D, Put your dish in the sink. Or, or E, flush and wash your hands afterwards. So those are your options. You can only pick one. Again, A, do not cross the street without looking both ways. B, do not talk to strangers. C, clean your room. D, put your dish in the sink. E, flush, your, flush and wash your hands afterwards. Who's winning? So far, A, 50%. How are we doing? Some of you still send in your answer. You got this. Take a, take a minute. Anybody not send it yet? Send it in. It's, it's, it's calculating them. You can see a few texts are still coming in. Uh-oh, it's, it's somewhere between do not cross the street without looking both ways or do not talk to strangers. Okay. All right, how are we doing? We got it? Okay, it looks like we have a winner, and the winner, uh, uh, some more messages are coming in. Somebody's trying to text more than once. That's, uh, you changed your mind. <laughs> I get you. I see you. But it looks like overwhelmingly it is B, do not talk to strangers. Now, I hope you had some fun with that, but our culture has emphasized strangers over and over, and for a good reason. I thought you would, that would be the one you would choose, and, and it's winning, and that's going to go in part of the message, so you'll understand more in a minute here. Uh, but you can go ahead and put back up uh, our, our, regular, our regular slides. I'm going to get into this here. All of these areas are important, but what I want to talk to you about today, is, and especially as we get into this, and we're going to get into the Word in our central passage here in a moment, but is strangers... Our culture has emphasized this over and over, and for good reason. 
You see, our series is titled Oikeos, and it comes from this Greek word that is found in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. And so I'm going to read this passage to you, and we're going to understand more of this as we go. And this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19. This is this, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of His household. Now, we're kicking off this new series, and I, I want to take a moment with this central passage to read this together. So on the count of three, would you read the word with me together? We're going to count this one, two, and three. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of His household. Now, someone say household. household. See, this means the people within the household, right? You have a house inside your house, the people within are the household. You see, this series is focused on God's household, the people within God's household, the, the people who have made a decision for Christ, right? The, 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 the Word of God is talking about the people that are included in God's household. Now, the, the Greek word okeos, which is translated here, and, and it directly comes from here, household, but is of the household or of one's family. And specifically, as this letter is written to the church, it's talking about God's people. It's talking about the household. It's talking about people who have made that decision. You know what? I, I, I don't want to live that way. I want to walk in Jesus. I want God. Would God forgive me? I want to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I want to walk that out. I want, I want to walk with God in this life. It's, it's, it's talking about people who have made this decision. And you see, his household is represented here in our local church. Right now, in this local gathering, right now, his household is here. His household is present. Now, there has always been a lot of conversation around what a church is. You know, is, is a church a building or is it a, is it a people, right? They say, oh, yeah, well, you know, go to the church, that one church, you know, with that building over there, that on the corner over there. No, the church is not the building. The church is, is, is a people. The church is the people that gathered. And you've probably heard the term family a lot. You know, family you grew up with in your household. Is that family? Is, is, the, is the people that you are blood related, is that family? Or is it the people that you kind of like you're down with and, and maybe, maybe they are family, but maybe they're, they're friends and you've been close? Or, or maybe your work family. And, and you've heard that a lot, right? Oh, I got my work family. Those are the folk we go and we work, we clock in, we clock out, and that's my, that's my work family. Or, or maybe my, my church family and church families, people, hey, I'll see you. Hey, God bless you. Cool. We'll see you next week. Okay, next time. Okay, yeah. Church, church family. And, and then that's my church family. And I associate church family the same way I do work family or other types of families that I might have in my life. But what's the big deal with a church family? Why is having a church family a big deal? Because who's really going to be there for you when you get that medical report and it doesn't go right? You know, when that relationship is really going through it and it's struggling, who do you want speaking into your life? Oh, hey, and congratulations. I see a young couple over there just got engaged. I see y'all in the back. Hey, congratulations. But... Who's going to be there when you're going through it? 
Who's, who's going to be there when you're wrestling with the difficult things of life? Or when that prayer request is finally answered and it's like, wow, God came through. And you want to tell everybody, but there's somebody who celebrates with you just a little bit differently because they've been on their knees crying out to God for you. They've been fasting you. They've been praying with you. They, they, they've been there. Listen, it's cool. It's cool to have people in your life that are going to send you some good vibes. Hey, you're going through it right now? You know, let me send you some positive thoughts. Yeah, man, okay. Listen, I want people praying for me in the name of Jesus. Right? I, that, that's what I want, the positive thoughts. That's cool, man. You're thinking about me. That's nice. But I want people that are praying in the name of Jesus, and you just don't get that anywhere. Man, when you hit the toughest moments of life, where do you get what you need? Well, God designed something. He set up something. He orchestrated. He planned something that would be available to you and I. See, I can count on that from my church family. But what is a church family? What exactly is that? Do I correlate that with, with, with my work family? Do, do I clock in and clock in out of work, and I clock in and clock out of church, and that's it? And, and that what is a church family? There's a few points that I want to share with you this morning. The first thing is this. Number one, a church family is not strangers, but brothers and sisters. Not strangers, but brothers and sisters. You see, we have identity as brothers and sisters. We have identity. You know, some of the young folks, especially some of the young brothers, they're like, oh, time out, Pastor. What exactly does that mean? If I see a cute girl in church, does that mean I can't talk to her because she's my sister? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying, all right? That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I heard someone say that. <laughs> hey, what I'm talking about is the perspective and the way that we see each other, the way we treat each other, the way we respect each other, right? This is what it's talking about here, not as strangers, but as, as siblings. First John chapter 3, verse 1 says this, it says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, comma, that we should be called children of God. Someone say children of God. Children of God. See, children are in His household. In God's household, there are children. We are included in God's households. Now, not everyone is in His household. Not everyone is considered a child of God. Now, everyone is his creation. God spoke life. He thought there was intention, and so people are. But not everyone is in the household. Not, not everyone is a child of God. They're a creation of God, but a child of God, that's something different. That's, some, that's something different. Now, I want you to see the rest of the verse. It says this, right, called children of God, and then it says this, and that is what we are. See, the reason the world does not know us is that, that it did not know him. See, the reason that the world does not respect you as a child of God, because you're like, man, I'm a child of God. Better put some respect on my name. Like, I'm a child of God. Come on. Put some respect, like me and we're like, the, the reason why the world does not respect you in that way is it because it doesn't recognize him for who he is. And if they never see him, how can you expect them to treat you 
like a child of God? How can you expect them to see? They, they won't see you in that way because they don't see him in that way. They don't see him. However, as we look at each other and as we grow and develop and mature in our faith, what God is talking about here is getting his household in order. We need to begin to see each other in this light. It's not just a clock in and clock out type of thing. We need to respect each other as children of God. We need to respect each other as part of the same household. We are part of the same household, and we need to see each other that way. We need to treat each other that way. We need to love each other that way. We need to serve each other that way, to to respect each other as, as children of God. Listen, if you have kids or you want to have kids one day, or, or your neighbor's got kids, or you've got grandkids, or however that goes for you. You want them to be good to each other, right? You, 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 you want them to, to, to play nice, to be nice, to grow up, and to love each other, and to serve each other, and come alongside each other. Well, God wants his household in order too. God wants his children to love each other, and to serve each other, and to be, and come alongside each other. This is what he wants, See, in John chapter 1, verse 12, it says this, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. He gave the right, right? I had just mentioned it, right? Everybody's a creation, but in that, in, in that creation, God spoke life, and so you are. But when you made a decision for him, when you believed him, when you followed him, when you accepted him, as it says there in John, you, the, a, a transformation took place in your life, and you went from creation to became, you became children of God. Your identity, there was an identity shift in your life. And with that came the privileges and the responsibility of being a part of the household of God. See, being part of the household is a big deal. See, there's a father, and the father loves his children, loves all of his creation, all of his creation he loves. But inside of the household, it's a little different. Right? We, we see each other a little different. We recognize that we're children of God. We recognize, hey, my brother, brother of, that's, that, that's a son of God. That's a daughter of God. So I treat them with, with, with a kind of respect that's different. Right? I, I have this great respect. And if you're in the household of God as a brother or sister, that means you're a son or a daughter of God. Right? This is what he's saying here to us. In a warning against idolatry, Paul quotes to the church what God says in the Old Testament in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and what God, what, what, what his, what's happening there, Paul quotes this Old Testament passage to, in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. And he says this, I will be your father. This is God saying. I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. See, when we accept him, when we choose him, we're no longer strangers, but we're brothers and sisters because we're welcomed into the household united by the blood of Jesus, united by the fact that we've been redeemed. We've now become children of God. We've, we've been redeemed. You've been redeemed. I've been redeemed too. Right? We, we now got citizenship in heaven. Wait, you got citizenship in heaven? I got citizenship in heaven. Wait, it's, it's all about in this real estate is location, location, location. You got a spot in heaven? I got a spot in heaven. Hey, come on now. Location, location, location. 
right? Our, our call to serve God's purposes through our, our local body. See, a church family is not strangers, but brothers and sisters. And secondly, a church family are believers called to share life together. Believers called to share life together. Now, as you grow in different stages of life, and right, we grow, we go from one stage to another stage of life, we're constantly faced with the question, what matters most? Right, as you move on to a new level, a new station, a new, a new level of life, what matters most? Right? As you mature in your faith, you grow and you come closer to God and you begin to understand more, you begin to, what matters most? Most, and it's this constant question that we're that we're faced with. And I want to take this to another level. In Matthew chapter twelve, we see Jesus and his disciples, and they're ministering to the people. And there's a good crowd, and they're helping people, and helping people. And there's really just a special thing that's taking place, and it's it's a lot. And they're in the middle of it. One of the disciples comes up to Jesus and says, "Hey, hey, um, Jesus, you know." Uh, outside, your, your, your mom and your brothers, they're, they're, they, they said they want to talk to you. And I, I know we got a lot going on right now, but they, they said, can you come and go talk with them? And, and what Jesus answers back can seem a little harsh, but he has something so specifically that he's trying to teach the church, that he wants us to understand. He's not saying that they don't matter, but he wants the church to understand our purpose, responsibility, and our call to share life. And Jesus replies this in Matthew chapter 12, verses 48 through 50. He says this. He replied to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And then pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. See, Jesus gives the church perspective. He's making sure they're looking through the correct lens. It's so important that they, they would understand this. Now, you know that one of the Ten Commandments is to honor your father and your mother, and 100%, okay, your blessings in life are tied to that. But here, Jesus is saying, I want you to see your purpose. Here are your brothers and sisters. Here are your spiritual mothers. Here are the people that are going to speak life into you. Not encourage you from empty hope and empty promises, but encourage you with the Word of God. Encourage you from the Holy Spirit. Be there and be present with the right purposes and intentions in your life. He's saying, here are your brothers and sisters and spiritual mothers. I want you to do life with these people. In that, you are doing my will. I want you to move in the same direction with them. I want you to share life with them. You see, Paul tells the church in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, he says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. Fulfill the law of Christ. See, fulfill what Jesus requires of you by carrying each other's burdens. This message is specifically for the church. Listen, that, 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 that whatever it is, okay, it's sick, it's, you got a cold, you got a flu, you got COVID, uh, you know what, I'm, let me help you carry that. L let, me, let, me, let me be there for you. Oh, man, you got that medical report, huh? You know what, you don't got to go, let, let's fast. Let's ask the Lord. 
right? Oh man, the marriage, the, the relationship is just like, it's just, it's just, it's beat up right now. Oh, you know what? Let's, you might as well just get divorced. Oh, you, let's see what God can do. Right, in, in, in the midst of you just lost a loved one and, and, and you're going through it and, and, and what do you do? Oh, there's hope in Christ or, oh yeah, man, let's just go and let's just, just, let's just have happy thoughts. and try. There, there, There's a difference when somebody carries you, when, when the church is activated in such a way that we carry each other's burdens. Wait, no, that's my burden. No, I got my own burdens, man. How are you trying to help me carry you? This is what God asks of us. This is what he's teaching us. This is the level up. This is the growing. This is the maturing to carry each other's burdens. Listen, I got enough on my own plate. Yes, but if you'll begin to focus on your neighbor's plate and help them with that, God will take care of yours. He reminds us in Matthew 6, that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Focus on the right things and I got you. I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. I'm not going to leave you out to hang you out to dry. You're not going to be by yourself. I'm with you. I'm with you, but I need you to activate into what I'm calling you to. See, as a church family, a church family carries these burdens in a way that others can't. A church family steps up and steps in. A church family intercedes. A church family fasts. A church family gives. A church family stays up with you. A church family talks you through it. A church family walks with you through it. The encouragement that you need is in this room. And maybe you've been feeling the feelings of depression and anxiety. Maybe you've been feeling overwhelmed. The encouragement you need is in this room, and it's just the way God designed it. It's just the way he made it. It's just the way he, he planned it. The encouragement you need is in your church family. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, it says this, but encourage one another when? Daily. Daily. As long as it is called today. They said, hey, um, so uh, what, what, when should we encourage each other? And he's like, well, uh, any day that ends with a Y. He's like, well, hey, how about uh, Monday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday? Oh, you want me to encourage everybody daily? Oh, okay. This, this is what, well, well how? Pat, you know, I, 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 I'm, you know we're, we're stuck on weekly. I'll see them next week. I'll encourage them when I see them, right? And no, he's like, I want you to be invested in each other. I want you to care about each other. I want you to act like you're in the same household. Now, okay, you're in that household, you're in that household, you're in that household, and then we see each other, and, and then on, for an hour and a half on Sunday, we're, we're together. But no, he's like, act like you're in the same household. Encourage each other daily as long as it's called today. Well, hey, did you wake up this morning? Then today is a good day to encourage each other. This is this, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Come on now, we've done talked about it. It's not like the devil takes a day off. We need to encourage each other daily. You know, during my uh, first, second year pastoring here at the church, um, I, I, got, I got sick and I had uh, vertigo for like seven days. This actually happened to me a couple of times while pastoring. There's just a lot of stuff that goes on and a lot of spiritual battles and things that we face and little things. I remember I had gotten vertigo and... Um, 
I remember my wife, and it was nighttime, and we, you know, the little baby, and she wasn't able to go out. We didn't want to take the baby out, but one of the brothers, um, Aaron Brown, he came over to the house, and he picked me up. He's like, Pastor, don't worry. I got you. He picks me up, drives me in his car, takes me to the, the urgent care, stays there with me the whole time, and, and I can't tell you how much that encouraged me. As, as I felt like everything was law, my equilibrium was off, everything that I was going through was just, just off, and I was, I, was, I was struggling. You know, all kinds of thoughts come to your head, all kinds of just feelings and emotions, and, and that, that, that encouraged me. I, I needed that encouragement. I remember, again, when I, was, when I first became the pastor of the church, I was working crazy hours just really trying to get things going, and, and, and I still do. But, but I remember at that time, I, I really couldn't afford any type of rest. Like, if, like you, you have to understand that as a pastor, like, when you're, when you're off and you're home, it's like you're still on because, because the, the phone doesn't stop, the emails don't come, the calls don't stop, all the texts, all, all, all those things. And, and, and even though you're off, like, people have needs, there's things that are happening within the body. And so one of the brothers, Robert Gonzalez, he comes up to me one day and he said, he said, you know what, Pastor, I, you know, I see some of the things that you're going through and what's happening. He's like, I know that if you're home and even though you're off, you're still a lot going on. So would you please take my timeshare for the weekend and just, would you just go and rest? And I, I needed that conversation and I was very hesitant to do that. But I, I needed that encouragement. I needed that perspective. I, I needed that. I, I, I needed that. And there are so many different, different times and things I can speak of. And, and I, I, listen, there, there are so many different ones, but I've seen you love each other in the same way. I've seen you serve each other in the same way. We have some great brothers and sisters in the church. I've watched you serve each other. But God is calling us to have this perspective of as a household to now grow more in this. I need you to love each other. God wants you to love each other, to serve each other, to really be invested in each other, to really care about each other, to bear one another's burdens, to carry one another's burdens, to encourage each other as long as it is today. To really come alongside, it, it means getting out of your comfort zone. It means doing things a little bit differently. It means being invested. I don't got time to be invested more. Listen, take care of God's things and everything else will work out for you. It's, it's the way God set it up. What is a church family? Not strangers, but brothers and sisters. It's, it's believers called to share life together. And the last thing that I want to share with you today is this, is it's a family that experiences more of God through our worship and the Word. A family that experiences more of God through our worship and the Word. Here, here, in our gatherings, you will get more of God in a way that you just can't get anywhere else. Well, Pastor, I have a great relationship with the Lord. He speaks, and, and, and that's wonderful, but God set up something that he would, he would show up in a way here like, like nowhere else that you can experience. God designed it that way. It's an experience unlike any other. Jesus says in Matthew 18, 20, he says, where, where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Right? He's, he's talking about what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and in both ways. And he's, he's, he's describing and teaching them how to grow and mature. And there's some things that they're dealing with specifically in that chapter but he says we're two or three gather, but not just any gathering. What type of gathering is he talking about? 
where two or three gather together as my followers. When the household gets together like the households, there I am among them. This is where we experience the presence of God unlike any other. You see, when, when in, in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples, they were together waiting and praying and encouraging each other. When the church had major decisions to make, they gathered and they prayed and they asked God and God revealed that to them. They, they worshiped together. They heard the word together. They grew closer to God together. You see, Jesus didn't leave the gospel to individuals. Jesus left the gospel to the church. It's what we do together. It's what we do when we gather. He knew we needed each other, and he knew that we could accomplish the most together. You see, Paul tells the church in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20, he says, don't be drunk with wine, because that'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, the church together, when we come before the Lord in worship and to hear the Word, we give thanks and we sing songs, and it's not just music that plays before we hear the word. It's an opportunity corporately to invoke his presence, to call on his name, to believe him, to declare who he is in our lives. And so we give thanks, we praise God, we worship in faith, we experience the most See, God walks with us as individuals, but God fulfills His will through us together. In Acts chapter 2, and in verse 42, I'm going to close with this. All the, it says this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. This is what the church did. This is what the early church did. This is God's design for the church. We, this is what we were meant to do this together, to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, to, to share life together, to understand who we each are in the households. See, we are not strangers. We are the family of God. We, we are not a building that people come to. We are a family that gathers at a building to worship God. And two, for our online church, we're a family that gathers together online and with fellowship and worship and to hear the word. See, I love the church. I love the church. This is God's design. This is his plan. And I love the church. The, 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 the church has some of the best moments in my life will forever be connected to the church. And from stage to stage of my life, I haven't always recognized that, but it's when I ask myself the question, what matters most? I've recognized God's hand in my life through the church. When you ask yourself the question, what matters most? Like really, really like the most in this life. You take a first breath, you're going to take a last breath, you're going to experience something. What matters most? 
It's in that that gives you a whole new perspective and appreciation for God's plans through the church. Why God designed it, why he set it up, why he wants us to be a part of a household. You know, I've cried in life. I'm sure you've all, we've all cried. I've experienced heartache, and it's been the church that's been there. I've experienced super highs spiritually, and it was the church that was there. I felt depression and anxiety, and the church was there. I love the church, and I love our church, and I love what God is doing, and God wants his household in order. We are a church family. And so as we pray right now, I just this is the challenge. This is the challenge, and we're going to pray and just have a time with the Lord. This is the challenge. The challenge is two parts. Who can you serve this week in your church family? I need to get us up and activated and serving. There's somebody. You say, Pastor, I don't know who I can serve. Can, can you tell me somebody? Just let me know, and I'll get you there. Secondly, what is one way that you can better engage with your church family? Maybe you've kind of just been on the outskirts, you know, you clock in, clock out, but how can I really, I hear what you're saying, I'm called to be part of this household, how can I step into that? How can I engage with that? How can I, how can I shift into what God is wanting to do? How can I do that? Listen, let me take a moment to pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, and thank you for your presence now. Thank you, Father, that you move amongst us, Lord. Father, we worship you, we praise you, and we bless you. Father, we just take a moment just to sit in your presence, just to rest and enjoy. Thank you, Father, for you. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your forgiveness, your mercy, your grace. Thank you for your word that's alive and the way it speaks and ministers to us, Lord. Father, we need you. We need you, Lord. We just rest in you. You are everything, God. And we see what your word is teaching us. Hallelujah. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Thank you, Father, for waking us up this morning. Thank you for new hope. Thank you that your promises ring true. Thank you for your faithfulness, even when we fall short of being faithful. Thank you, God, that when we fall down, you're there, Lord desiring to pick us back up. Thank you, Lord, for believing in us when we stop believing in ourselves. Thank you, Lord, that in the deepest moments of depression and anxiety and just feelings of being overwhelmed, your love shines brightest. Thank you, Father. Maybe you're here this morning and you say the truth is you, you haven't been walking right with God and you wouldn't really consider yourself a follower of Christ, but you want to get right with him. You, you want to walk with him. You want to choose him. You want to get right with him. You want to take the steps in becoming a Christ follower, being a Christian. Um, and if that's you this morning and you're wanting to make that decision, would you quickly just put your hand up and then down? Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. Anybody else? Father, we come before you this morning and we ask for forgiveness. We ask for your mercy. 
your grace. It's nothing that we deserve, but we recognize just the error of our ways and the way that we've been living life, but we, we want you. We choose you. Would you forgive us for every sin, every wrong thing? Help us, God, to walk with you. Grab us by the hand, Lord. See us through. May your mercy and grace be over us in such a way, God, that we, Father, that we're able to, to get up and keep going. Teach us about your love. Teach us about your hope. May we receive the gift of eternal life and get some new residence, Lord, in heaven that's waiting for us one day. Father, I pray you strengthen and encourage your church and help us, God, to have this perspective of your household and the members of the household, the brothers and sisters. Help us, Lord, to be an active part of the household, Lord. Help us, Lord, to, to step in and to do, God, what you're calling us to do and to see each other and to treat each other the way that we should. Father, we are no longer strangers, but we are brothers and sisters, a family of believers called to worship you. Father, I just pray your blessing move amongst our church, and may you receive all the honor and all the glory. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ, we all pray. Amen.